This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, off and running now, our third and final hour of Tiger Tailgate, just outside of Tiger Stadium on the campus of Louisiana State University. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, and we'll work, welcome in Jarrett Roser, TigerDetails.com. Jarrett, how are you, man? I'm good. What's Happy up, to be here. You good? Yeah. Good, man. I like Doing the pink well. shirt, man. Appreciate it. I was just telling I'm Christian, man, at least one one game in October every year I try to wear some some pink. Some pink, huh? There you go. Crucial catch, man. Crucial catch. Nice. Jared, so I, I, we know you're with TigerDetails.com and Jimmy Smith and um, Sam Spiegelman as well. Sammy. Big fans of, of, of all three of you guys. Yep. I want to give you an opportunity to tell your story, though. Grew up here. Well, grew up locally in New Orleans. Sure. Yeah, um... I mean, spent my whole life uh, in the New Orleans area until Katrina sent me to LSU. Actually, I'd, I'd started college um, at Loyola, transferred to UNO, and then didn't think I ever wanted to leave the city until I came up here and kind of fell in love with being a student at LSU. And so graduated here, uh, went up to North Louisiana for a couple of years and worked for the News Star, covered Louisiana Tech and Grambling State, and then got the opportunity to come back south and cover some Baton Rouge area high schools and LSU for NOLA.com, which was awesome we were just talking about that was the media outlet when i was growing up the times picayune was kind of the first thing that got me into the idea of maybe being a sports journalist Mm -hmm. Uh, and so i was there for a few years uh, and more recently have kind of stepped a weird sidestep away uh, (laughs) working with international students um, for a company shoreline education working on campus at lsu Uh, just good to be back on campus all the time um, and staying involved with the journalism thing for a few different outlets, including still some stuff for NOLA. And then when the Tiger Details opportunity came calling and I had a chance to get back together with, with Jimmy and Sam, it mm-hmm. seemed like a great opportunity. And, it, I mean, so far it's it's been really fun to work with those guys again. You guys are doing a magnificent job, man. And Jimmy and I were supposed to get up together and uh, do a podcast two weeks, almost two weeks, three weeks in a row. We still haven't been able to do it. So tell Jimmy when you see him that my apologies. I will definitely get with him this week. We'll do something if he has time. Yeah, I, I'm. Sh- I know he. Uh, I mean, he's got his his podcast. That he tries to go with Ryan Clark as much mm-hmm. as possible. I was actually just listening to them talking about Grant Delpit a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and uh, I know he's been eager to get with you and talk more offensive side of the football. Absolutely. So, so moving forward, man, the big win last week. How did that affect the recruiting? You know, grand scheme of things. Here locally, for guys local, not so much across the country, but locally. Have you guys talked to anybody who's maybe, you know, thinking a little bit different, like a John Emery or someone like that? Yeah, I mean, I think anyone who saw that game, uh, anyone who's trying to decide where you want to go play college football that saw that game uh, really was impressed with, with the way they played because mm-hmm. all all phases, they played extremely well. You saw uh, – you could see some, some glimpses of – if you're a high school wide receiver, what you might have the opportunity to do as um, as Justin Jefferson starts to come into his own and Terrace mm-hmm. Marshall Jr. gets involved a little bit more, you yep. see Clyde Edwards Elair have a, uh, a career high day, yep. and Joe Burrow at quarterback continues to come along and be such a leader for that team, and and so you see 
TJ Finley and Peter Parrish and those guys, they're, they're already on board and they're pretty excited all the time anyway. But the reaction to that from guys considering LSU and guys that are already on board, uh, for the most part, was extremely positive. Nice, nice. Okay. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but um, Jermon Bushrod, Saints offensive tackle, not accompanying the team to Baltimore. Um, his daughter, we're seeing reports that his, his daughter has passed away. So uh, terrible news for, I think, you know, one of the, one of the more favorite Saints, mm -hmm. part of that Super Bowl uh, team. And you hate to, you hate to see, that and see that or hear that. And certainly you think of the Bushrod family before you, you, know, before you lay your head on your pillow tonight. Say, uh, say a prayer for the uh, Bushrod family. Getting back to LSU and Mississippi State. Tonight at 6 o'clock, and uh, Jared, we've talked all along, me and Herb, I'm curious to get your take too. The number one thing for me is how is this team going to respond and handle success? Because they didn't handle it right. very well against Auburn, well, against Florida after beating Auburn, but I think they learned a lesson. Yeah. To be honest, I thought they played better against Florida than they had in some of those early games that they'd had a chance to win. The matchup just really ate them up to go against a, a pass rush of that caliber with some offensive line question marks and and then at that point they were still dealing with a lot of the offensive line injuries and guys just getting back from injury and so at the end at the end of that game to be in the swamp against a, a top team and be only down one point in the mm -hmm. final couple of minutes and have the ball it's a it's a tough way for that to end but I, I didn't take that as too big of a knock for them right and I've been really impressed honestly with the way with some of those early wins that it seems like that team has remained focused on realizing yeah. how, how flawed they were still and working <clears throat> to correct those. And so after that big Georgia win, having some of these older guys probably in the back of their mind what happened with Mississippi State last year, I think that, that they come into this game and are ready to take care of business and, and kind of keep things going. I mean, I thought against Florida, I think we had every opportunity to win that game. I mean, we just let it slip from us. I mean, we didn't play well. We didn't make the plays when we needed to make it, and they did. Then going into the Georgia game, I mean, the guys were just, like you said, it was just flawless for the, for the most part. Um, the energy that they played with, the enthusiasm that they played with, and they just, you know, they, they just were on a whole other level. Did you see the guys going into this game on that same type of level or that same type of high, if you will, or do you see them – not necessarily going into, um, you know, into like a, a tank or anything like that, but kind of slowing down a little bit. Did you see that? They, they were pretty up, I mean, even from early last week. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know that, that it's been exactly the same. The conversation has been a little bit different, I guess, because in that situation they were so eager to just get that Florida game in their rear view as mm -hmm. far as possible and put that behind them. And they were playing a Georgia team that was obviously highly ranked, but that they don't see very often and I guess just kind of some of that fuel is a little bit different but I, I haven't really seen them relax I, or take mm -hmm. much of a step back they they really they've handled things in a way throughout this season that I've I've been I've been pretty impressed with and I, I was interested to see particularly when they got to this stretch if they ran into a little adversity how that was going to go and the way that they handled themselves up to that point, and then in the wake of it has I, been I tell great. You, you couldn't ask for a better way to handle that loss to Florida by coming back and beating Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Roser, TigerDetails.com, our guest here on Tiger Tailgating. Herbert Christian will be back here on the campus, uh, from the campus of LSU here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Hanging out with Jared Roser, TigerDetails.com. Along with Herb Tyler, I'm Christian Garrick. Tallest on the set, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, by, by an inch. About about a foot in the inch. Come on, You're, man. You know I'm a good six two and a half. Come yeah, on, man. Let's right. talk. Yeah, right. You told me that they listed you at six one in the program, but you were really five nine. 
Well, I told you that. That doesn't mean the program was wrong. <laughs> Jarrett Roser, TigerDetails.com. Hey, what did the win against Georgia do for recruiting? Yeah, um, the I mean, to go into a game like that against the number two ranked team in the country and that that many eyes on it because it was nationally televised in the middle of the afternoon, pretty much everybody's watching it. If you had any questions about, as, you know, as a prospect, how you can fit in, is the LSU offense going to be uh, a scheme that I can see myself being a part of, I think that answered a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, just the way, honestly, the way they, they carry themselves, the fun they have, the the excitement that, that they bring out there, and and then to be throwing the ball around a little bit more successfully than LSU has been able to do in a little while, and to have as many guys get involved. That, you know, talking to a couple of guys and, and their families, to see as many receivers as have been involved this year, mm-hmm. to see – uh, Clyde and Nick both getting the opportunities in the backfield. Creativity as, as, on offense as well, right? Yeah, and you see, you've seen a different wrinkle or two every yep. week for, since about Auburn when the the Wildcat came in. You've seen a little bit something different every week, and everything that happens just has guys around the southeast for sure Talking. saying, "Oh, okay." Yeah. Anything with uh, John Emery? Is he still? Did yeah. he say anything? I have not talked to John Emery. Um, I I know I'm putting I, you on the spot a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I think Sam had a chance to get with him a little bit earlier in the week, and that he was impressed. I don't know that any real movement has happened from sure. his, his Georgia commitment at the moment, uh, but he's also a guy that LSU is not going to go away on. So it'll be interesting yeah, to, to watch for the next couple months. Jarrett Roser from TigerDetails.com. What's your Twitter handle, man? Just Jarrett Roser, J E R I T R O S E R. Jesuit guy. Won't hold that against him. <laughs> Tim Zimmer no. just walking up to the set. What's right, up, Timmy? Right on cue to the Jesuit guy thing. <laughs> Tim Tim? You know, you know Tim Zimmer. Uh, Tim, you're, you're a Jesuit he's, guy he's, too. He's uh uh-uh. uh. No, he's he's Rummel. Oh Rummel, oh Raider, yeah. Raider okay. Pride. <laughs> I got. <laughs> you. Used to par- oh, you used to party yeah. with Tim. Be careful, just be careful. Okay, Jarrett. Um, if we can take a minute, just uh, we'll get back to Mississippi State and LSU. But I know you're, you're of of the three. I think uh, TigerDetails.com. You're more of the baseball guy, right? You, you're, you're you're. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably uh, pick up a lot more of basketball and certainly baseball. Come that time of year. How good is this LSU baseball team going to be? There's a lot of excitement right now as they kind of go through fall. Even even before they started fall, to know all of the guys they had coming back, and you and I were talking before I came on, Eric Walker back healthy, he's feeling 100%. You get Hess back. You get so many guys that played roles last year, plus guys coming back from injury. And then the way that this number one freshman class, number one recruiting class in the country uh, carried themselves coming onto campus. Paul Maneri and the veterans have just been glowing about the the talent and the more so than that, just the demeanor that they all are bringing into. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, LSU's had a ton of talent on baseball for, for quite some time, including the last five, past five or six years or so. I mean, you've seen guys – who've left LSU and gone on to play Major League Baseball in a significant... So you in the playoffs right now, moves. Alex Bregman. Right, always. So what's been the struggle with LSU baseball and why can't they get over that hump in Omaha? I think I, I think I'll answer it. Yeah, Jared, I'll get your take on it as well. I don't think it's... 
I don't think they've struggled to get over the hump. Just two years ago, they were in a national championship yeah. game. Now, they haven't won a national championship since 2009. If it, you look that's at the, the hump I'm talking about. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think that has to do with the fact that they've limited scholarships now at 11. Yeah. Uh, so it's leveled the playing field in college baseball okay. in general. It's not like the dominant days. Gorilla ball has cha- has, is no longer the factor, so it's changed the way you have to have to play the game, coach the game, and teach the game. Yep. But I, I think that this now, year. Now, are we adjusting like oh, the yeah. coaching staff? Oh, okay. yeah. First off, like, like Jared talked about, this recruiting class coming in for LSU baseball. Is, is the best in the country. I don't recall them having this many, this deep of a pitching staff. Whether starters or bullpen guys, yep. they've got arms. And if we all know, if, we, if you're a college baseball fan, in order to, to make that run into Omaha to win, it, to win it all, you better have arms. Yeah, you can hit. Yeah, you can hit, that's you great. Pitch. But you better be able to pitch. You better be able, be able yeah. to go to a lot of different arms. Yes. Yeah, and that's, that was clearly a focus with, with this recruiting class. And, I mean, just like you were saying with the scholarships deal, I think it's really tough to be – as dominant now as they were in the 90s but i still think they're in that top tier of consistent programs annually it's just it's tough to go win five in in a span that quickly yeah i don't think you'll see that in today's college baseball in general anyway just because of how restricted the the scholarships there's so many really all the teams at at some point, really, truly, are on the same level. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you look at it. I mean, because every, all the every big schools in particular. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're all they all play each other. And you never know who's going to win. Look, it's a toss up. You're starting to see colleges, and, I, and we're getting off track here, but whatever. You're starting to see a lot of colleges recognize um, their baseball programs as profit centers. They're starting to build facilities, nice yep. facilities yeah. Yeah. that didn't happen before because of there's so much competitive balance now, and universities are going. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, LSU was the only team in the country that made a profit off their baseball program. Right. Typically, it's always lot, football that's These fun. two schools right here were the two exactly. that kind of started everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so that that's growing more and more popular around the country today yeah. uh, with, with universities. LSU's built a, a, a new batting cage. They recently. got a brand new facility. I mean, brand new practice facility. They got beautiful stuff, stuff over there. Yeah, it's new. It's beautiful. You built that? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. I should have, but I didn't. You didn't get that contract. I will build the next one. Thank you. Jarrett Roser, <laughs> TigerDetails.com. What's on the site right now, man? Um, we, you know, our predictions went up. I mentioned the podcast that, you know, was exciting every week to hear Ryan and Jimmy break down different aspects, particularly on the defensive side of the football. But to have Ryan Clark break down a, a, a young safety like Grant Delpit and compare How good him. Who is that cat, though? Yeah. Well, if you, if you listen to the podcast, Ryan thinks he's, he's the best to play at LSU. Put him above himself. Laron, uh, Jamal said that, that he's, he's that dude. Wow. I, I think I think they can get that at TigerDetails.com. I way. think personally, I think that he is he has the ability to be that. You still have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think the time frame is not there. The, the amount of games played, the amount of plays being made is not there. But the potential is definitely there. Yeah. I mean, he's long. He's he's got really solid Soft muscles. Year. Um, he's really quick. Um, he's fast. He's instinctive. He can make any play that you want him to make. The sky is the limit for him. Listen, but you still got to do it, baby. I, I think that that play last week when Georgia faked the field goal, yeah, a sophomore typically is not going to recognize that. Right. And he played it absolutely perfectly. Herb, you were talking about his instincts. Yep. He pinned it from the from the jump. He knew what was in front of him, and a lot yep. of players would not have reacted w- the way he did. You know what that is? That's just playing football. That's, that's all that is. Like, you know, you forget all of the different aspects of what coaches have been teaching you throughout the week and, and whatever. At that some point in the game, you just got to play the game. And then, you know, I'm on the end of the, the, the end line of the scrimmage <clears throat> defensively and defending a field goal, and I see this. I'm, I'm looking at this. So my instincts tell me to do what? First of all, check to see if anyone's going out for a pass. And I don't see anyone going out for a pass. Then I 
I create a level playing field at that point. You stay on the line of scrimmage to make sure he doesn't pass it to gain the first down, and then you're going to make the play. And that's what he did. And that's instinctive at the same time as athletic and then also promising as a kid who's going to be a number one draft pick for somebody coming up. And you see him get involved in half a dozen Mm -hmm. or up to close to a dozen ways every week and every week excel. Wherever they put him on the football field, whatever they need from him, to see him – do that and and be one of their top pass rushers be so good in coverage be all over the field whether on a guy in the slot or back Mm -hmm. it's it's been really impressive to see from from a sophomore i don't know if his role would be quite as expansive as it is had they not lost caleb on in other words i think that you know they probably wouldn't have asked him to to rush the passer the way they do but his diversity has kind of i'm not saying making up for the loss of Caleb on Chasson because that's a tremendous player and had a chance at the yeah. school record for sacks. Yep. But I think it softened that blow a little bit. Yeah, that was that was a little bit of a question mark coming into the year, even with Caleb on, was who else was going to to get into the backfield with any level of consistency for this football team. And then when he goes down right off the bat, then the question mark got that much bigger. And, and you've seen a couple, a couple of games where they haven't done a great job of that and it was a little bit of a concern. And what they've gotten from Grant Delpit has, I mean, as, as you mentioned, really helped soften the blow because it could have been much bigger of a problem. Jarrett Roser, TigerDetails.com. Yep. Our CBS News headlines will be back in about 90 seconds here on Tiger Tailgating. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on WWL. Hello, I'm Jarrett Roser, TigerDetails.com. Hanging out on the uh, campus of Louisiana State University, just steps away from Tiger Stadium, Death Valley. It was pretty uh, electric here last weekend on the campus of LSU, I would only imagine that with a win today against Mississippi State, boy, two weeks from on October 3rd, I mean, yeah. uh, November 3rd, two <laughs> weeks from Saturday, this place is going to be a madhouse. I'm going to call it. We're going to be the number three ranked team against Woo. the number one ranked team, Alabama, here in Tiger Stadium. And game day is going to be here. But most importantly, k Dog and her Teezy uh-huh. are going to be <laughs> here, baby. If game day is here, I think um, we won't have much of a crowd around us. What you talking about, man? We're going to be here at 6 in the morning, and we're going to get it cranking. You think it's a night kickoff? It'll be a night kickoff, huh? You think it'll be ah. 2.30? Yeah, I mean, unless has has ESPN taken its um, – or, like, CBS taken its – it's, like, one to override the – I don't know. Is that, I thought that was the Georgia game. Oh, they I, I could they be wrong, though. I could be wrong, um, 100%. I know I have a lot of friends that after that Georgia game uh, were in celebration <laughs> mode and started booking flights to oh, yeah. come for that first weekend in November – and a lot more have their eyes on the game tonight and say if LSU wins, they're clicking book. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I've, I've been waiting since, um, I mean, since last week. I was looking at them having the opportunity to maybe jump up to a one-versus-three type. And this is uh, what the, that's what I was saying. This game is a huge game. It's impactful in many more ways than we can ever think of. Um, this, this could be a game that if we win this game, it can catapult us, not in the season, but for many seasons to come. You know, when people see the perception of who we are and what we're doing and, we're, and changing the culture, if you will, and becoming what we once were um, and then even getting better and going <laughs> greater into the status field. I mean, it, it can be something really potential, potentially really great for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, as much as we talk about what beating Georgia meant for mm-hmm. for recruiting and for perception, it'd be nothing compared to if they can finally get, get out of that funk against Alabama mm-hmm. and get the win because Alabama – Wherever you are in the college football landscape, you, you know it's kind of Alabama and, and you everybody know, else. You, well, you know what's weird, though, about that? And you, of course, we want them to win, and we need them to win. We need them to win. So with that being said, even if, let's say we 
we the score is 35-34 and we lose. We put up a fight and we challenged them and we showed them, hey, we're here, we ain't backing down. That's different from being, you know, beaten 28 to 12 or 28 to 10 or 35 to 17 or something like that. So, and, and that makes a difference because now you're, you're making steps, you're making strides. You're not just sitting, you know, a, a sitting duck, if you will, and, and not getting better. Um, so I think, I think that, um, I think a great challenge of Alabama and then also, obviously, if we beat Alabama, would definitely catapult us to a different we've, level. We've seen that a little bit even the last couple of years where last time that game was here, it was scoreless, yep. late, mm-hmm. and everybody left saying, you know, that was one that got away, but look at how much better – LSU match them than maybe people were giving them credit for. And then last year that game was closer for a while than I think a lot of people expected it. And, it was, and Jalen Hurts just had some plays that, that LSU couldn't match. What's interesting about the game two two years ago was that Coach O was the coach. Coach Ensminger was the offensive coordinator. Yep. And they did not do anything differently than what they did previous games. I think going into this next uh, two weeks game from now, they're going to they're gonna throw everything they have at them. Why hold anything back? As they you know should. I mean? They're playing they should. with house money. You they're should not, always not do projected that. to win. You should always do that. Don't no matter. No, I don't care if you're playing with house money or not. Doesn't matter where you are, who you're playing against. It doesn't matter. Give them everything you got, especially when it's important games like that. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot of reasons. As you've seen this LSU offense progress, about some of those wrinkles week in and week out. There's a lot of reasons to expect that uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch on two Saturdays from today. Jarrett Roser here, TigerDetails.com, at Jarrett Roser on Twitter. Tiger Tailgate and phone lines are open at 504-260-1870, text 870-870. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves talking about that. I'm just thinking for a moment, though, I mean, what this campus would be like mm-hmm. and what, what game day would be like in general around here. I mean, Georgia, this campus was overrun, right? I, I can only imagine that and they were putting out um, releases saying, hey, information, get down there early, leave yourself plenty of time. I mean, if that's an 8 o'clock kickoff or a 6 o'clock kickoff, you might want to get here at 6 o'clock in the morning. You might want to get sure here gonna... Friday afternoon. Right, true, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I might stay down here Friday night for that game just, right. just for that reason. Uh, Jarrett, so Montez... – we, we can look ahead to that a little bit. The, the team just needs to be Right, yeah, we're allowed that. to do that. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, but Herb would tell you that we're not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. That's what player. I'm trying to tell you, man. we got to win tonight. <laughs> tonight. I was talking about tonight, not two weeks from now. Hey, if you're, if you're LSU – I love the game plan last week from Dave Aranda, right? How much do you think he mixes that, that up and goes more to a press man coverage because Nick, Nick Fitzgerald is not really a guy that's going to beat you with his arm. Yeah, and that, that's, I think, one of the big advantages for LSU this week, even compared to some of the positive matchups for them against Georgia, is you had to respect Georgia's pass game more than you have to worry about Mississippi State's. They, I mean, they can do it in yeah. some spots, but they have been less – balanced than mm-hmm. Georgia has been able to be. And and so you heard O talk about it last week going into the Georgia game that priority number one had to be to stop the rushing attack yep. and that they felt good about their cornerbacks being able to handle those really talented Georgia receivers. And I think you see a lot more of that this time around, particularly as you saw a game from Christian yeah. Fulton a week ago that you have to have that much more faith in him on the other side from Green. Well, you go back to the Ole Miss game, and, and the corners did a really good job on two two future NFLers on that, <laughs> that particular offense for Ole Miss. And then they did the same exact thing against Georgia. Um, and then you go into this game, what scares me the most, and I told Christian this earlier, is is, is Mississippi State's quarterback is just – he's an excellent runner of the football. Yeah. And he can read the defense exceptionally. 
So, and that scares me because sometimes you can be out of place. And if the, the moment you're two feet out of place to the left or the right and a guy can squeeze past you, he can be gone. And that, that scares me. And that's the only thing that scares me as a, as a defense is, is a quarterback who can actually run the ball as if he is a running back, if that makes sense. Sees the field, makes plays, hold on to the football. Um, you know, it has really good balance and feet, footwork, and, uh, and, and they can make plays. And I think, I think Nick Fitzgerald is a guy that can do that. I think he can beat you with his arm as well, too, because the moment we get, you know, caught gazing in the backfield, guess what? It's a play action, and they're behind you, and the ball's over your head. What are you going to do at that point? So we've got to play really sound, fo- smart, instinctive football today. Tulane and SMU broke out into a baseball game down there in Tulane. Uh, Tulane 2, SMU 0. They're in a weather delay, 157 in the first quarter. Oh, I was going to ask you what inning is that, that was, baseball? right? <laughs> Two to nothing. Now, isn't right now. SMU playing Tulane football today too? Yeah, no, well? they are. That, that's that's my point. It's they're, it's oh, a football I'm, game that's looking more like a baseball. We're really talking about baseball, man. I'm like, <laughs> no. wait a minute, Don't, that went over my head there for a second. Jarrett Roser, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick in front of the athletic administration building, getting you set for LSU and Mississippi State tonight at six o'clock, right here on WWLAMFM.com. Yes, sir. TigerDetails.com is where you can find Jarrett Roser. Also on Twitter at Jarrett Roser. I'm Christian Garrick, Herb Tyler as well. Tiger tailgating the Tiger. Walk is about to get going, and that's if you haven't seen that, Jared. Yeah. It's that's a that's a sight to behold. That's pretty special. And last week, it was insane over there. But that's a tradition here at LSU. What do you think about the uh, the uniforms, the nineteen eighteen silent season uniforms? Those are pretty sweet. Yeah, they are really attractive uniforms. And then the helmet in particular is so cool. I can't wait to see that that kind of color shifting helmet under the lights tonight. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's going to be it's, it looks purple, but if the light Hits it the right way. It's going to be gold and purple, almost like Jacksonville Jaguars where they got the black and the gold, and it kind of melds together. It, look, I just think it's a tremendous thing that LSU's doing by honoring that 1918 um, season where they were silent. It's a silent season because of World War One and honoring so many uh, military tra- traditions. That's one of the many things I love about Louisiana State University is that they get it. They get that, that, that picture, and they make sure that they, not just in football, but they do it in baseball. Right. They do it in all the sports to make sure they honor uh, the military past and present. It's pretty cool. And they've made a point this week, too, to talk to the uh, the players about that, and it, it always seems to be something that the teams rally around and, and really take to heart. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Because, look, that's a historical moment in this country's history, you know, World War One, And most of these kids, I mean, they had no idea, they had no idea obviously, right, I mean, unless they studied it growing up. But they it was we, we're so far removed from right. that generation, and, and we're several generations removed. But for them to be able to understand and appreciate history, I think it's pretty cool when you can – Mix the two. Jarrett Roser here, TigerDetails.com. And, Jarrett, uh, we talked about Nick Fitzgerald. Montez Sweat, though, um, that's an elite pass rusher. He's going to play on Sundays. LSU's offensive line is going to have their hands full. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's what kind of worried you going to Florida, and that's yeah. what worries you first and foremost with this matchup is uh, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, that, that whole crew getting after the quarterback. They have done a phenomenal job of getting into the backfield, getting – a lot of sacks, uh, you know, one of the nation's leaders in sacks, tackles for loss, and that's why third down conversion, they're one of the best defenses in the country because they consistently put people behind the chains, and next thing you know, you're looking at third and long yeah. far too often. I think that's the consensus with everybody going into this game is that, that you know, it's going to be won up front by LSU or lost by LSU up front because I think Mississippi State does have a dominant front seven. I think 
LSU has uh, a, a growing front seven, if you will, defensively as well as offensively. So, but offensively, I think that we're gonna it's gonna be no sweat against sweat, <laughs> baby, and we're gonna take this thing. That's all I got to say. I was waiting for the pun to come and play. I was waiting for Herb Tyler to knock that one out the park. Couldn't they, have said it any better. They certainly seem like they are more equipped to potentially handle that challenge now than a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they're healthier. As and you've it, seen the guys get healthy, you've seen Chase and Hines really come into his own. Hines 57. And here's the thing, too. The other thing about that is we're talking about sweat, right? Who are we talking about on the other side? Nobody. So if we can concentrate and we can, okay, we double-team sweat, we make sure we have him handled and taken care of in whatever way that we need to, mismatch-wise, then we can play – cake on the other side of the ball all day long so we just need to know what sweat is and we need to handle that business over there and then we gash him on the other side or we do whatever we want to do in the pass play. as you typically try to do to these really good long pass rushers run at them yep right. run at them that's that's kind of been the approach that i want to see if lsu is going to do that i think steve insminger's evolution as a play caller this offseason and kind of slowly unveiling and wrapping uh, un, unrolling this offense has been fun to watch jared just because he started out against miami and you know I understand it. I get it. First game, you don't want to you don't want to show a whole yep. lot, but it was fairly conservative. And then you started to see more imagination, more more things. And he, I think he's kind of totally taking the wraps off of Joe Burrow. It's his offense now. You agree? Yeah. It it was really funny. Uh, Mark Clements, another guy that that we used to work with at NOLA.com and works for Two Two Five Magazine now. Uh, he and I do a podcast every week, and he asked me after the Southeastern game when O said, you know that you know that was our offense. That's that's what we have. We, we're not holding anything back waiting for this team or that team. And he asked me what I thought about that. And I said, well, it's bull. First, I mean, you're going to see a lot more over the next few weeks. And you've just seen it week in, week out, just that much more, open up that much more confidence in in Joe Burrow to, uh, to make the most of his weapons and his opportunities. And, and the way that that team has rallied around Burrow in his yep. play and just, again, going back to demeanor, the way he's handled himself and, and been a leader on that team has been uh, – it's – it's grown so much in the last two months. It's a pleasant surprise, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's like, you know, forget what move it was, um, but uh, it's a happy accident. <laughs> Herb, you played the position, and you tell me if I'm wrong here. Obviously, you have to have the talents to play it. You know, and that's what you want. That's what your teammates are going to look for. Yep. But aside from that, aren't they judging your toughness? And he is tough, man. I mean, Joe Burrow is tough. And doesn't that permeate throughout your football team? So, so toughness is one of the most important things as a quarterback that your teammates look for. If you can take a hit and keep getting up, like Tim Zimmerman came here earlier. He said he, he was watching the 96 Mississippi State versus LSU game when we were here in the stadium. It was, a, it was a pouring down torrential rainstorm in the first quarter, first half. And he said, I was still in the game. We were up by about three or four touchdowns, and I was still in the game in the fourth quarter with three minutes to go. And he said a defensive end came off the blind side and just tore me up, face planted me in the mud, fumble, you know, turnover, all that stuff. And Tim Brandon said, I can't believe he got up after that on the, on the, on the, 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 the telecast. Yeah. And that's the type of things that your, your teammates, your linebackers, your DBs, your running backs, your offensive linemen, they look for that kind of stuff. They want to see if you can take a hit, get up, and then forget about it. And also, don't turn around and start pointing fingers. You know, you just say, hey, man, don't worry about it. You keep moving, and you go to, to the next play, and you make a play. Toughness, um, understanding of the game, putting your team in the, in the right situations, Scoring touchdowns, um, being a leader, both men, uh, mentally and uh, verbally, if you will, um, and then just showing those guys that you're there for them. That's what they look for. Yeah, and look, I think he's the unquestioned leader of this team. Pleasant surprise, man. I'm yeah, tell you. coming in as a transfer, it just shows you 
it shows you that uh, he he's got some special leadership ability. When you when you're not even on campus, you know um, he's been on campus less than six months. Right. And he's already right. the leader of he this is the football guy. team. He's the man. Yeah, he's impressive. the man. To come into that role and, like you mentioned, come in so late, all those guys had been here, gone through spring together and all that, and to get everyone to rally around you that way has been – its I mean, it's been a huge part of their success thus far. Jared Roser. Christian Fools is there. Oh, is it? Yeah. Jared Roser, TigerDetails.com. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. We'll wrap it up next here on Tiger Tailgating on WWL. Winding down here on Tiger Tailgating, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, Jared Roser from TigerDetails.com. Jared, give me a prediction real quick. I Some of the things we were talking about, I think LSU's offensive line is better equipped than they were a couple weeks ago, and I, I like the LSU defense to slow Mississippi State's offense. So I think they win in a relatively close game. I've been saying 27-20 all week. Herb. Nice. I like it. I like it, man. I, look, I think the defense is going to come out stout again. I think we're going we're gonna to put Nick Fitzgerald in his place. Uh, we're not going to let him throw the ball. We're going to try to hold him at least to about 50, 40, 50 yards rushing up front. We've got to put some pressure on him, create some, some turnovers, <laughs> as, I always say, as I always say. And I think up front, offensively, I think we're going to find it's gonna, it may be a little bit tough for us, but I think we're going to find our groove. I think we're going to get those boys running the ball down, you know, down the field, up and down the field with uh, Brissett and Clyde. And then ultimately, Mr. Burrow is going to throw three touchdown passes, baby, today. And I think Clyde will get one rushing and Brissette will get one rushing. We'll be 35-17 to 17 LSU. As I have to do each and every week because if I pick against them, they win. So I'm going Mississippi <laughs> State beating LSU. Woo! That means like LSU is going to win. I like it. All right, Todd Jacobs, like on-site it. engineer. David Potter back at Master Control. Jared, thanks for the time. We certainly appreciate it. Everybody be safe. Enjoy LSU Mississippi State tonight coming up at 6 o'clock. Yep. Semper Fi, I'm out. Herb, do your thing, man. For my lovely wife, Lori, and myself, God loves you, and we do too, baby. Go tight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.